when you, stand, when you study people, there's all kinds of studies going on about birth order and word, you know, birth order. The older oftentimes turns out to be like a type A personality that, you know, the parents, everything's got to be just right with them. Well, the youngest gets away with everything. They're the cutest and the clown. And then the middle child is sort of the forgotten child. They just kind of drift in the middle of anybody else. When you think of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, we see that Isaac is sort of the left out one. There's a whole bunch on Abraham, not a whole lot on Isaac, a whole bunch on Jacob, and then a good bit on, on um, uh, Joseph. And so when we look at this, we see that he's the son of Abraham and the father of Jacob. But uh, in Genesis, there's not a whole lot of, of emphasis on Isaac. But let's think about him for a second. <clears throat> he's the son of Abraham in, in Abraham's old age, the son of the covenant, the promise would come through Isaac. He was the obedient son laying on the altar, allowing Abraham to sacrifice him. That's pretty incredible in his own right. He was the man of faith who took the bride, Rebecca, not even knowing her. That was the, the plan. And so when we look at this, we're seeing that here's Abraham, here's Isaac. And we're going to get into, as we see his life tonight, we'll get into these two guys right here. And we'll also see Rebecca. What, what does she do? How is she involved? And, you know, uh, everybody messes up, right? Think, did King David ever mess up? Oh, yeah. Did uh, uh, Solomon mess up? Yeah. Uh, did Abraham mess up? Did Isaac mess up? Did Jacob mess up? And you just start going through the thing. Did Peter mess up? Did Paul ever mess up? Did I mean, when you look at the lives of all these people, we're going to see great people tonight that we'd say, wow. And yet, we're going to see them mess up. And so that's what we, we see. The three big things we're going to look at tonight is uh, the birthright, the covenant, and, and tied in with that is Isaac's failure, and the blessing. So we're going to see those three things. And uh, <clears throat> if we get through... Uh, early, if we do, <clears throat> we can do questions. I'm thinking, I think my voice, Lord willing, will hold out at least to the end of this. And then, Lord willing, it'll be ready for Sunday. So I, gotta, I had this happen one other time, but it wasn't but about a day or a day and a half. This is more three days. So just be praying it'll go away. So let's start with, oh boy, this, the, the stories in this tonight are wild. Okay, so let's start with the birthright. The birthright. What the birthright? As we think about the events involved, the two sons. If you remember in Genesis 25, verse 22, it's she went. Here's Rebecca. She has all these problems, and the baby, something fighting inside of her, and she doesn't know what to do. So she goes to the Lord, and the Lord says. So she went and inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples will be coming from your body. One will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Who is the older? Esau. That's Esau. Who's the younger? So already before these boys are born, we already know what's going to happen there, that the older is going to serve, and let me put it this way, the older would serve the younger. Let me read something to you from Romans chapter 9. And this is why people get confused with the Bible because they don't always put it in its context or understand the flow. This is in Romans chapter 9. In Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11, he talks about Israel, past, present, and future. Listen to what he says in Rome. And you don't have to turn there if you don't want to. It's Romans chapter 9, verses 10, 11, and 12. And he says this, 
And not only that, but there was also Rebecca. When this is Paul writing, when she had conceived twins by one man, our father Isaac, for though the twins were not yet born, and had not done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose according to his choice would stand, not because of works, but because of him who calls, it was said to her, the older will serve the younger. Now, is he talking about eternal life salvation there? No. He's talking about what? The, the, the blessing and the picking and the, the Abraham got picked by God to head up the nation. And then it was going to go through Isaac. Now it's going to go through Jacob. Does this have anything to do with their eternal life salvation? People use this verse to say that God picked some people to be saved and some people not to be saved. In the Romans passage, what is he actually talking about? Who's going to get the blessing and where, it, where is this promise coming through? These are children of the promise. These are not, Ishmael and Esau are not children of the promise. And so we just got to understand that. So don't let people, you know, come along and they'll say things like God picks certain people. Romans 9, 10, 11 talks about it. In fact, Romans 9, 10, 11 actually says the opposite. He, does, he says they don't pick people. In fact, if, he's pick, if they're picked, if they're for what? Service. Service. You got it. If you can get this one truth, it'll change your life. The election in the Bible is not for eternal life salvation. It is for service. And when you start going through the Bible, you'll find that Abraham was picked. Was he picked to be saved? He's picked to be the father of the Jewish people. What about Isaac? No. What about Jacob? Listen, if you look at it, which one was the better person? If you had to be friends with one of them, you might like this guy better than you like this guy. Okay? So it's not how great they are and how good they are. It's God's purpose. Before they were ever born, God said, the older will serve the younger. That's his plan. It has nothing to do with salvation. Okay? This is his plan. So the oldest son had privileges. We just narrowed them down. That We talked about more of them last time. But... The two key things there is there's a blessing and a birthright. With the birthright was a double portion in the priesthood and all of that. But there's the blessing and the birthright. Now, it's foreign in our culture in one sense. But the oldest son usually got a double portion in the priesthood of the family. This is, of course, before the Mosaic Law. And he got the blessing. The father would come in and bless the older son. And so... This is what's going to happen. Now, normally, what would happen in this family? Who would get the blessing? Who would get the birthright? Esau would. In fact, Esau, when they're born, who gets the birthright? Esau gets the birthright. Now, neither one of them have got the blessing yet. Okay? What does God say about the blessing? Who does it go to? Who does it go to? goes to Jacob. This is before they're ever born. Do you think Abraham, uh, do you think Isaac and Rebekah knew this? Of course they did. She went to the Lord. The Lord told her the older will serve the younger. Do you think she kept that a secret? Of course not. She would not. So what's the problem? As we start off, we got a little problem in the family, and there's favoritism. Isaac loved Esau, and Rebekah loved Jacob. 
In fact, Genesis 25, 28 says, Now Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste of the game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So what do you got there? What's the problem? There's favoritism. One is the other. And, and whenever you have that, you're going to have some issues. So you got Rebekah over here saying, He's good. He's a good boy. And you got Isaac saying, Oh, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. They're good. I, I, he, he's, he's kind of my favorite. In, in your family... Did your mom and daddy have favorites? Now, they might have, but they might not have let you know it, right? I know some people who say, oh, yeah, my mother always favored my my brother or something like that. It could be. We know in this family that Rebecca is favoring Jacob and Isaac is is favoring Esau. So let's see what happens. Now, I want you to think about this. Esau is a man who lived for the what? The temple right now. Like whatever's happening now, that's what's big. That's what's happening. Jacob looked to the what? To the future. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Rebecca told Jacob that he was going to get the blessing and that he would be the one through which the Messiah would come? What do you think? Of course she did. She says, son, I want you to know that even though your father may like the other one, you're the best, and God has chosen you to which the blessing will come. I guarantee you she told him that. What do you think Isaac told Esau? Son, one of these days, I'm going to give you a blessing. Watch. Let's see what happens. Does that sound like our Isaac? Well, let's see what happens. Verse 29. I'm going to read verse 27 of, of Genesis 25. The boys grew up. Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field. Jacob was a civilized man living in tents. Now, that's a weird word there, but the idea is one liked to be outside, one liked to be inside. There's nothing wrong with either one of them. Now, Isaac loved Esau because he had a great taste for game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now, watch this. And Jacob had cooked some stew one day. Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. What's Jacob doing? He's in the tent doing what? Cooking. What's Esau been doing? Hunting. And he's probably been running and catching. So he's tired. He's worn out. And so here's Jacob going, got me some stew, baby. And it's good stew. It's good. Now, listen, I don't cook. I just, I never have. I can't. Gene cooks everything. I can't cook anything. So I'm not really familiar with sitting around going, I just made some stew. You know, I, I know how to cook bacon. But anyway, so anyway, watch what happens. So Jacob cooked stew one day, and Esau came into the field. He was exhausted. Esau said to Jacob, Please let me have a mouthful of that red stuff there, for I'm exhausted. Therefore, he was called Edom by that name. That's why he got the nickname Red, because he wanted that red stew so much. What's his other name? What's his name mean? Harry. Harry. So he's... Red Harry, Harry Red, that's it, that's his nickname. What's Jacob's nickname? Seized by the hill to trip you, to trick you. He's a trickster. He's a con guy. That's really what he is. Let me tell you, what happens if you're a con guy and you con people? What happens to you? Sometimes you get what? 
kind of, you know, that old thing is be careful what you do because it's going to come back on you. We'll just look at the life of Jacob, see what happens here. So he comes up and he says, let me have some of that. Let me have some of that uh, food there. And I, I like it in verse 30 when he said, let me, where it says a mouthful of that red stuff. He literally says, let me gulp that stuff down. The, the Hebrew has an idea of let me let me just cram it into my mouth. That's what it literally it gives the idea of saying, give me some of that. I want to just stuff that into my mouth right now. Now, Jacob, Jacob. Pretty smart old guy, and he goes, This may be a plan. This might work. So, in verse 31, what does he say? He said, Let me let me stuff some of this stuff down in my mouth. But Jacob said, verse 31, first sell me your birthright. Now, what's the birthright? Old oldest son gets it, right? And what was it? You got a priesthood. <coughs> You, you got a double portion. So if he sells this, what does he lose? Instead of getting, like, let's say that he would get twice as much as Jacob, the oldest son with the double portion would get twice as much. He's about to sell it for what? A bowl of soup, some stew. And so he said to him, sell me or give me, sell me your birthright. Here's the deal. Sell me your birthright. We'll do a swap here. I'll give you some of my soup. You give me your birthright. Well, what would me and you say? Well, that's dumb. But what does Esau say? I'm starving. i got to have something to eat. Let me just gulp that stuff in my mouth. Now, could you lose a birthright? Yeah. Reuben lost his birthright because of a sinful act that he did. And then you could sell it or barter it off. This is what Jacob is saying to Esau. Sell me your birthright. Most likely, Jacob been trying to figure out how in the world could he get the birthright? How could he get the blessing? He knows he's supposed to get the blessing because that's what God said. But we don't know what Isaac's going to do. So he's saying, I got I to gotta connive my way into getting what I want, right? So he said... Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, I want you to think about something. Esau looked for today, and Jacob looked for the future. Esau says, I got to eat. Jacob says, I want this right here. So what does Esau say? Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what of use is the birthright to me? You think he's going to die from starvation? <coughs> I mean, he'd just been out hunting. You know, it's not like he'd been gone for three weeks and hadn't eaten, and he was dying. He he says, oh, I can't make it. I can't make it. I'm starving. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to starve to death if you don't give me some of that stew. He was living only for the moment, and he's going to... You think he'll die of hunger? What do you think? Of course not. He will not die of hunger. <laughs> so... Um, he's living only for the moment. He's a man of flesh, controlled by the flesh. I mean, you ever seen children, and they say, can I have that candy bar now? And you say, well, honey, no, we're going to eat supper. You can have it later. And they go crazy, right, if they're little. They scream, legs start moving everywhere. And, and you want to say, honey, we're talking about waiting just a little bit. What does Esau say? If I don't get some of this food, I'm going to what? Die. I'm going to die. And so he said, okay, sell me your birthright. And he says, well, gee whiz, what good is a birthright if I'm going to die? And we want to look at him and go, you're, 
you're an idiot. I mean, that's what you want to say, right? I mean, it, what's, so his, his idea was, I live for the moment. I live for the moment. So look at verse 33. Jacob said, first swear to me. So he swore an oath to him, and he sold his birthright to Jacob. Wow. He did. What did you, he, he made him swear. He made it legal. And so they swear. That's like, say, okay, I wrote it. I, I, I do it. So what happened that day? Jacob got the birthright. Wow. What does Esau got? What does Esau think he's going to get? A meal. Yeah, yeah, but what does he think he's going to He thinks eventually he'll get the blessing, right? Because he's the oldest son. That's what he thinks. But what does uh, Rebecca already told Jacob? You're going to get the blessing. What did Isaac tell Esau? You're going to get the what? Blessing. We got a conflict. We got a conflict in this family. Everybody says, well, in Isaac, you know, Abraham and Sarah were just so wonderful. Isaac and Rebecca are just so wonderful. Are they just that wonderful? Or do they have problems like everybody else? You know, you look at people in the Bible and you think they don't have problems. What did Abraham do? Did he lie about his wife? I mean, what, what, here we are. And now we've got Abraham and Sarah. And what did he do? He let Sarah get taken by Abimelech. Uh, all that mess. Here's Isaac now, and they got the two sons. Isaac knows that Jacob's supposed to be the one, but he's planning on doing Esau. She knows Jacob's going to be doing the one, but they got a conflict in their family. And so he gave away. Look at this right here, Hebrews twelve sixteen, that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau who sold his own birthright for a single meal. Now when it says godless, this doesn't, listen, this doesn't mean that Esau wasn't a believer. We have no idea whether he's a believer or not. You know, a lot of people say Cain and Abel. We don't have any idea whether Cain was a believer or not. In fact, he was bringing sacrifices to God. He just didn't bring the right one. What, what about Esau? He's called godless. Godless just means you leave out God. Godless just means you go through life and you don't you don't really care. There are a lot of godless believers. They just go through life as if God doesn't exist much. So he gave away his suit. He gave, and put it this way, he gave away his birthright for a temporal meal. Wow. Look at verse 34. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank, and he got up and went out on his way. So Esau despised his birthright. That means that he looked down on it. He didn't count it as important. Uh, when I read this and I see it, I almost see Esau getting up and burping real big. Oh, it was good. Walks out the door. Said, you realize what you just did? You gave away this privilege for some soup. Some red stew. And see, from that point on, everybody called him what? Red and hairy. Because he, he, he blew it. This describes, and, and let's think about this. Did Jacob do wrong? Should Jacob have been trying to get this birthright from him? Now, I mean, what Jacob should be saying, whatever God has planned, I'll trust him. But Jacob says, no, no, i got to figure out a way to get this. And I'm just beginning. I'm just beginning. Esau, a man of the flesh, and uh, Jacob is a man of trickery, of slight. 
The, so you got two sons. And let me say this in a nice way. At this point, neither one of them are great, right? I mean, you say, and by the way, Jacob, guess what? God is called the God of Jacob more than any other name in the Bible. He's the God of, you know, he's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, but he's called the God of Jacob more than any other thing. And we'd say, God of Jacob? Jacob's kind of a tricky man. Did God change his name? What does he become? Israel. And we'll talk about that at a different time. So he gave it away. And so let's look now, as we move along, let's look at the covenant and Isaac's failures, okay? Now we're going to go back to Isaac. And so far, all we've said is it looks like Isaac's plan, as we look through the Bible, is he's going to get this to Esau, which he knows is wrong. Rebecca knows it, and I imagine she said something to him about it, at least when God told her this one would be the one. But we don't know what's happened after then. We don't think they talk very much, okay? We don't think they get along uh, as they should. So as we see this, let's think about God's covenant with Abraham because what we're going to find that God's covenant with Abraham, God comes along and makes the same promise to Isaac. And guess what? Later on, God's going to come along and make the exact same promise to Jacob. Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. God's going to do that. So let's think about it. What were the three parts of the Abrahamic covenant? There was the land, the promised land of Israel. There was the what? The seed, which is the offspring, which is Isaac, passed on to Jacob, eventually becomes who? The Messiah, the Savior. And then there's the what? The blessing. Bless those that bless, curse those that curse. All the way through the Bible, if you try to hurt God's Chosen people. Now, this has nothing to do with salvation. God's chosen people are God's chosen people, whether they believe in the Messiah or not. If you try to go after God's chosen people, it will be a detriment to whoever does it. We've watched it all the way through history, from the Egyptians who put them into slavery and tried to stop them, Haman who tried to stop them, from Herod who tried to kill the boy babies, from Hitler all, all the way up. You try to hurt the Jewish people, and God will deal with them. That's why he said, I'll bless those that, and I will curse those that curse you. That's what's going to happen. And so what's going to happen here? We see that that Isaac, uh, that promise to Abraham was land, seed, and blessing. What happens to Isaac? Look at chapter 26, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happened. Look at 26, verse 1. Now, there was a famine in the land, besides the famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. When the famine happened to the time of Abraham, where did Abraham go? Egypt. Egypt. What did he say down there? That, 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 is, that Sarah was his sister. And then he comes back up at another time to Abimelech, and what does he say? Same thing. So he's, he's not doing real well in that area because you know, he's gone now. So now we got Isaac. Well, there's another famine. And the writer, Moses, writes this and says, just remind you, this is not the same one. This is a famine beside the famine that happened during the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. Let me show you something if I can. I'm going to erase this, right? Okay. This is the land of Israel. This is where Jerusalem is. 
This is the Dead This is, uh, excuse me, the Sea of Galilee. This is the Dead Sea. Way down here is is where they were going, and he he had been living here. Then he'd been living here. They'd been living here. They go way down. When the famine came, instead of going all the way down, he decided to go to Gerar. You remember I put the map up. So this is a town way down here. But this whole section is people called the Philistines. They're living there. And they've come. They're called the Sea People. They came from, we think, the island of Crete or someplace. They came across. These people, as you know, eventually, they're always, they've been enemies. At this stage, they're not necessarily enemies. Because how many Jews are there? There's not very many. This one's dead and this one's dead. So you got this one and this one and this one. And let's count this one uh, if you want to get. How many of you got? Four or five true Jew people, right? When they go down into, into Egypt uh, for the captivity, how many go down? How many is in the family at that time? Seven, either seven, one place mentions 70, another mentions 75. We think that when it says 75, it's counting the people that were already there. So at one point, there's only 75 of them. Right now, there's only three or four of them. So are the Philistines their enemies right now? No, it won't be until they become a nation and then they try to, and they start taking the land away and they get into battles. So Isaac is just sort of a, a normal old guy. In fact, he's pretty wealthy because he's got everything that Abraham had. He's wealthy, but does he own any land? No, the only land he owns is what belonged to his father, Abraham, which is the cave of Machpelah, okay? The sons of Heth at the oaks of Mamre. If you remember that, you'll just put it all together and you'll go, wow, that's, that's beautiful, really. So he decides to go all the way down and he, stop, and he comes to Gera and Abraham had gone there before. And you might read something weird, okay? Let me read it to you and let me remind you. Now the famine was in the land beside the famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went down to Gera to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. Well, if you go back, we're talking... The first time that Abraham went down there, uh, it's been about almost a hundred years. So either Abimelech lived a real long time like Abraham did, or Abimelech is a title. Uh, we, most likely, Abimelech is probably a title. It's probably not the exact same person, although he'd have to be pretty old like Abraham was. Because Abraham died at 175, and when Abram went down there, Abraham, remember, he was 80-something 80, 80 when he went down there, <clears throat> and Abraham lived to be 175, so that's almost another 100 years. And then this has passed some years as well. So it could be 120 years since Abraham originally went down there, and that means if Abimelech was 30 or 40 or 50, he would be 170, 180. Or Abimelech is a title, and it's most likely a title. So we meet Abimelech again, okay? Let's just call him the second Abimelech. And uh, uh, realize Abimelech is a title, and uh, they're part of the sea people. So look what happened before he really gets down there. And the Lord appeared to him and said, he's talking to Isaac, do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land which I tell you. Live for a time in this land. And what's God promising him? I will be with you. And I will bless you for you and your, what? Descendants. I will give all these 
lands. I will establish the oath which I swore to who? To your father Abraham. He said, I'm going to give you the same thing I said to Abraham. Land, what? Seed, what else? Blessing. He's giving it to, he's giving it to Isaac. He says, don't go down to Egypt. You don't have to go down to Egypt. Stay right here. I'll be with you. I'll give you the land. I'll give you the descendants. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. Does that sound familiar? Did God say that exact same thing to Abraham? Go outside, look up. As many as the stars are there, that's what your descendants will be. And he says, and, and I'll give your descendants these lands, and by your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Does that sound like the Abrahamic covenant? It is. It's the exact same thing. So we're going to find that what he told Abraham, he tells Isaac. Now if you're Isaac, you just got promised what? Everything that Abraham got promised. And so you could look around and everything belongs to you. And what does he say? <coughs> Live for a while in this land <coughs> and I will be with you. So what does that mean? <coughs> all the nations will be blessed. The Messiah, he's promising him all of those things. Don't go down to Egypt. Uh, I'll give you the blessing, the offspring, all of that. Uh, he says, don't, don't go down to Egypt. Stay in the land. I'll be with you. God never leaves us. I will bless you. The descendants and the offspring, the key, the land, the blessing. I will establish my covenant <coughs> with you. Hold on. <coughs> So, looks good, doesn't it? So if you're Isaac, what do you know? God's with you, and you got the promise. You could say, everything's going to be all right. I don't, I don't have to worry about what? Anything. In fact, I don't have to worry about anything. Well, sometimes there's great victories, like I'm going to be blessed, I've got the same promises, I've got everything and then sometimes, after a great blessing, there's failure. Peter declared, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And not two paragraphs later, he says, we won't let you die. And God, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. David was a man after God's own heart, yet had what? Sin with Bathsheba. Noah trusted God, got off the ark, got drunk. Saul uh, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, turned away from God at the end and worshiped false gods. Isaac believes the promises and then fails to trust God. Watch what happens, verse 7. Uh, let me go back to verse 6. So Isaac lived in Gerar. When the men of the place asked him about his wife, he said, What? She is my what? Oh, my gracious, for he was afraid to say my wife, thinking the men of the place might kill him on account of Rebecca because she is beautiful. That's what the problem is when you have a beautiful wife, everybody wants to kill you. Okay? So, what did he tell him? Where did he get that from? His daddy. You have to be real careful, father to son, family. You know, you seem to pass down. You'd like to pass down all the good things that you can do, but you also pass down all the what? All the bad things that you could do as well. He's the same. This is, by the way, this is exactly the same place 
that Abraham did it. And let me say something else. If Abimelech is the same guy, he's going to say, your, your family is all the same. My gracious, what's wrong with you all? Or if he's a grandson or a grandson, he could be saying, I've heard about y'all. I know what you do. So he can't hide it. Now, so he, he, doesn't, he doesn't say anything. He just says what? They ask him, and he says, <clears throat> she said, my sister, he's afraid to say that uh, she's my wife. But then look at verse 8. Now, it came about that when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out through a window, looked out, and saw them. And behold, Isaac was caressing his wife, Rebekah. You know what he said? That ain't his sister, let me tell you. That is not his sister. So, why did, you know, and, and we're going to see, why, why did you lie? Because, you know, it's that old saying, one of the tangled web you weave when you practice to deceive. And so, and he, he comes and asks him. You know, Abimelech did the same thing with Abraham. He said to Abraham, why, and did, why did you do what you did? And you remember what Abimelech later said? Find you a place and leave. What is this Abimelech going to do? <clears throat> well, What's going to happen is, is in verse 10, the Abimelech saw Isaac and said, She's certainly your wife. How is it you said to me, She is my sister? Isaac said to him, Because I thought otherwise I might be killed on account of her. And Abimelech said, What is that what you have done to us? One of the people might have easily slept with your wife, and you'd have brought guilt upon us. Does that sound familiar? That's the same thing they told Abraham. A pagan king rebuking the promised son. Are all of us capable of messing up? Even Isaac? Even Abraham? Wow. So we'd say, could you guys not ever get this straight? Look, you know, so so Abimelech says, wow. One of these people, and so uh, <clears throat> Abimelech in verse 11 says, So Abimelech came and all the people saying, He who ever touches his man or his wife will be put to death. So what's going to happen? He stays down there for a while. And let me just say something. So God says, Jacob, I'm giving you the land, the seed, the blessing. Everything's going to be really good for you. And then he messed up really badly, right? Again? So God says, okay, just for that, just for that, you may forfeit some of this. Is that right? When we sin, do we forfeit the blessings of God? No. In fact, look what happens. Go a little further to chapter to verse 23. And he went up, this is, this is uh, Isaac, he went up. There to Beersheba. So he goes further back north. Let me write it down here. They've been way down here. They come back up to Beersheba. And look what happens when he gets to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, Now let me ask you something. What do you think God's going to say to him? Don't even look at it. He went down there. God said, I'm giving you the land, the seed, the blessing. Everything is yours. And so he, he lies about his wife. He gets embarrassed. The king down there says, you, you could have messed us all up. He comes back up here, and the Lord comes to him. What do you think he's going to say? Let me ask you a question. So God's given you eternal life, and you're saved forever, and he's given you the Bible, and he's given you spiritual gifts, and he's given you the Holy Spirit. He's given you everything, right? 
And then you sin. And you confess your sin. Does he come to you and say, boy, you are worthless. What does he say? Watch. He says, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am what? Do. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. What does he say? It's over. Go on. See, what happens sometimes is that when people sin and mess up, they say something like this. Well, it's over. I blew it. God will never use me again. Uh, I'm not worthy to be used by God. Guess what? None of us are worthy to be used by God. It's His grace that He takes us in our lives. And so when you blow it, if you blow it, confess it and what? Go on with your life and say, Lord, take me, use me. And He will always take you. As long as He has you alive on this earth, He will use you for His glory. And so what do we see about Isaac? He blew it just like his father Abraham did. And guess what? God says, don't worry about it. I'm the God of your father Abraham. I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants. He says, just don't worry about it. Go on. Go on with your life. And watch what Isaac does. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord. And he pinched his tent there, and pinched his tent, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. What did he do? He worshipped God. He worshipped God. The promise. He came. God came back and gave him the promise. He's going to take care of him. His response: build an altar and worship God. What did Abraham do when he came back from Egypt and he was all embarrassed? What did he do? Built an altar and worship God. What do you do when you mess up? What should you do? You, you confess your sin. It's like coming back to God and saying, I worship you. I'm sorry. I blew it. I've blown it again. And what does he say to you? I'm through with you. Does he say that? No. no. Never. Never. <clears throat> wow. Now, with that in mind, let's get to the third part. This is where it gets wild. Okay. The blessing. The blessing. And, and so, as we look at this passage, we see some amazing things. Let me show you something and the blessing. Three great people of the Bible at their worst. You want to skip it? Think about it. It looks bad. Three great people. Watch this. Isaac knows what is right and does what is wrong. What does Isaac know? Blessing goes to who? What does Isaac know? What's he going to do? going to bless Esau. Jacob and Rebekah want to do what's right. I'm supposed to get the blessing. But they do it in the wrong way. Now, have you ever tried to do something right the wrong way? Have you ever done something wrong when you know something else was right? We're going to see what happens. Watch this. God will accomplish His plans despite the sin of people. Let me ask you a question. Was it right for the Romans and the Jews to crucify Jesus? Was that right? Mm. Did Jesus done anything wrong? No. Were, were the people sinful by putting Jesus to death? They were. Did God use that for the fact to save mankind? 
So listen, you, you, when people say, if you're bad, God can't use you. God, God uses unbelievers. God uses believers. God, people, God can use people in fellowship. God can people, use people out of fellowship. God can do whatever he chooses to do. He's going to bring about his plan. What's his plan here? That Jacob is going to get the blessing, regardless of what Isaac says. Okay, so let's see what happens. And, and by the way, what are the problems with this family? You ready? They show partiality. There's no communication. And there's deceit and lying. Sounds great, doesn't it? Okay. There's no, there's no, obviously, there's no communication. What do you think Rebecca should have said to Isaac? Honey, don't you remember what God said before the babies were ever born? That's what she should have done. But let's see what happens. Genesis 27. It came about that when Isaac was old and his eyes were too dim to see, that he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son, and he said, Here I am. Now, how old is Isaac? We don't really know exactly, but we know that he can't what? He can't see. He's got to the point that he's old, that he really can't see what's going on. So he calls for his son, who? Esau. He doesn't call for Isaac, does he? I mean, doesn't call for Jacob. Watch what he says. Then Isaac said, Behold, now I'm old. I don't know the day of my death. I don't know when I'm going to die. It could be any time. Now please take your gear, your quiver, and your bow. Go out to the field. Hunt some game for me. Prepare a delicious meal for me, as such I love. You know, because you do that a lot. And then bring it to me, that I may eat it. And then, so that my soul may bless you before I die. What does Isaac want on Esau to do? To go hunt the game, to go get it, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I'm gonna bless you. And we know that but that the older son normally got the birthright and the blessing. What's happened to the birthright? He already sold it. So what's he what's he thinks he's gonna get now? The blessings. So Isaac's plan is to bless Esau. Now let's stop. And look at these three things. Isaac's plan is to bless Esau in spite of God's word. In spite of God's word. Think about that. What did God's word say? The older will serve the younger. Second, in spite of Esau's disregard for spiritual things, was Esau a fleshly man? Is Esau called a godless man? But he still wants to give him the blessing. The third thing, in spite of the intermarriage with a pagan woman, I don't. We didn't read this, but if you go back a little bit, that he, uh, Esau, married a pagan woman, and it made it made Isaac really upset. But he didn't care. So now, in the lineage, is going to be what a pagan a pagan wife. He doesn't care. He says. I know what God said, and I'm still going to do it anyway. Listen, have you ever said to God, I know what's right and wrong, but I'm going to do what's wrong? It's called presumptuous sins. We do them. Sometimes we know something's right or wrong, and we do it anyway. Uh, listen, I'm going to give you a few examples. I know I'm not supposed to marry this person because they're not a believer. I know what the Bible says, 
but I'm going to marry this person anyway. I know it's wrong to cheat and to lie, but the government, uh, their taxes are wrong, and so I'm going to lie about what I should put on my taxes. I know sex outside marriage is wrong, but everybody else does it, so why not? I know gossip is wrong, but did you really hear what happened to... See, we do all those things. We know. We know what's right and wrong. Well, what is Rebecca? What's her plan? Isaac knows what's right, and he plans to do what is wrong. Rebecca's plan. She wants to do the right thing, but she's going to go about it in the what? In the wrong way. She knows that Jacob's supposed to get the blessing, so let's see what she does. Verse 6. Verse 5, now Rebecca was listening while Isaac spoke to his son Esau. She hears it. She hears him say, go get your stuff, go out there, kill an animal, bring it in, fix it, we'll eat, I'll bless you. Rebecca was listening while Isaac spoke to Esau. <clears throat> so, so Esau went out to the field to hunt for the game to bring it home. Rebecca said to her son Jacob, behold, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau saying, bring me some game, prepare a delicious meal for, you, for me so I can eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. She just told him, he said, son, we got to do something. He's already on down there. Your father is going to bless the wrong person. What should she have done? What should Rebecca have done? She should have gone to Isaac and reminded him of the promise of God by God concerning the sons. You know God's plan. Do you think Isaac knew God's plan? Yes or no? Yes. Is he doing wrong? Do you know what's right and wrong? Sometimes do you do wrong? Do I do? We, we all do wrong. That's just what it is. And here he is knowing what God said, but he wants this. And that's what sin really is, is going contrary to what God wants. So look, let's look, let's read it. So, <clears throat> verse 8. So now, my son, listen to me as I command you. What I want you to do is go out to the flock, bring me two choice goats from there, so that I may prepare them as a delicious meal for your father, such as he loves. So let me, let's go get some food. You shall bring it to your father, that he may eat, so that he may bless you before his death. He said, so we got to beat him. He's going out to get the animal. We got some right here. You kill the animal. We'll fix it. You go in, and your father is going to bless you. Well, you're Esau. I mean, you're Jacob. Uh, what What is a characteristic of Esau? He's hairy, really hairy. Jacob, probably not hairy. And so watch what happens. Jacob said to his mother, Rebekah, verse 11, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man. I'm a smooth man. Perhaps my father will touch me. Then I'll be like a deceiver in his sight, and I will bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Your curse be on me, my son. Obey my voice. And go get those goats for me. You know what she just said? Don't worry about a curse. If there's anything going to get cursed, it's going to be me. I let myself get cursed. So you go get the goats. And, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And so, but he says, but what are we going to do? Because I'm, I'm smooth. He's hairy. Just go get the goats. We'll figure it out. So look what happens. Verse 14, so he went and got them, brought them to his mother. His mother made a delicious meal, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of her elder son Esau, which were in her house. Look, Esau's married. Does he live with them? Maybe, most likely, yeah. 
You remember in that culture, when the son found the bride, he brought the bride back to his father's house, and they lived in a separate part. So we don't know exactly whether he lives there or not, but he's got some clothes there. So what does Rebecca do? She gets some of Esau's clothes <clears throat> uh, that were in her house. She put them on her younger son, Jacob. <clears throat> she put the skins of the young goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. She gave him the delicious meal and the bread which she had made for Jacob. So she says, here, put your brother's clothes on. And she says, they smell. Yeah, they do. They smell like somebody who's been outside. See, Jacob didn't smell the same as Esau because Esau was outside all the time. Jacob was inside all the time. He put on the clothes, and they smelled. And then she said, let's put some of this stuff, let's put it on your hands, let's put it on your neck, because if he were to grab you around the neck, you've got to feel like you're really hairy, and you've got to have hairy arms and hands, and we've got we to gotta do it so, so that, uh, uh, that he'll think it's you. You ever thought about this? Wrong is wrong, even if everybody else is doing it. And when you can't tell the truth, like they're not telling the truth, I mean, they're going to go in there and lie. The old saying is, when you can't tell the truth, you just stop and think about what you're doing. If you have to lie, does that usually mean you're doing something right or something wrong? Now, there might be a time in your life that you lied to save somebody's life. Think about the Holocaust where you're hiding people and somebody comes in and said, have you seen any of those people? And you go, I have not seen those people. You're lying, but you're saving a life. Well, what's happening here? They're, they're trying to trick. So look at verse 17. So she gave the delicious meal and the bread which she made to, gave to her son. He came to the father and said, My father! And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Why did he raise that question? Who did it sound like? It sounded like Jacob, not Esau. I mean, can you tell? Do people have different voices? I mean, you can pick up the telephone and somebody starts talking. You know who it is, right? Most of the time. I mean, everybody has unique voices. Unless they're real hoarse, and then you can't tell their voice. But anyway, everybody has unique voices. He said, who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Come now and sit and eat of my game so that you may bless me. What? Good gracious, Jacob. What did you just do? He just what? He lied. He said, I'm, I'm Esau. That's not right. And look what else he says. I mean, we're going to see, and I've got it right here, I think. Um, uh, he, he was dressed like Esau. He felt like Esau. He had food like Esau. The problem, it was Jacob, the deceiver. And so he comes in, and he's going to tell who, two lies. One, who are you, my son? I am Esau. Now watch this. This is, this is where it gets wild. <clears throat> verse, um, verse 20, Isaac said to his son, How is it? that you have so quickly, have done it so quickly, my son. How did you go out and find this game that quickly, kill it and bring it back? And what does he say? Because the Lord your God made it come to me. Wow. Wow. Uh, he basically says God's working this out. Luther said, Jacob goes from bad to worse. It's enough to lie, but to bring God in on the lie. <laughs> uh, God... God made it happen a lot faster. So look what happens. Verse 21. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come close that I may feel you, my son, whether you're really my son Esau or not. Why is he doubting? Why? The voice. So Jacob came close to his father Isaac, and he touched him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of... How come they thought that? 
because they had that hairy ant thing. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he what? He blessed him. And he said, are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. He's lying again. And so he said, bring me it. Bring it to me, and let's eat, my sons, the game, and I'll bless you. And he brought it to him, and he ate, and he brought him the wine, and they drank. So everything is just going along. Verse 26, then his father Isaac said to him, Please come close and kiss me, my son. He's saying, come close so I, we can kiss, we can, we can do this and be close. So he came close and kissed him, and when he smelled the smell of his garments, he blessed him and said, Ooh, see, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. So when he got close, because Jacob had Esau's clothes on, he smelled like who? Esau. So he probably said to himself, He sounds like Jacob, but he feels like Esau, and he smells like Esau. So it must be Esau. So, and, and by the way, what's, Jacob planning, what's, what's Isaac planning on doing? What's he planning on doing? Is he going, is he going contrary to God's plan? Do, does he think he can change God's plan? He doesn't realize it, but he's actually fulfilling God's plan when he thinks he's not. And, and so it's just it's wild because we cannot stop God's sovereign plan. You cannot stop it. Let me ask you something. Is there going to be a tribulation? Is it going to be Antichrist? Is the nation really going to believe in Jesus and call upon the name of the Lord? Is Jesus going to come back and set up a kingdom? Can anything stop that? Nothing. Is there going to be a rapture one day and we're going to be gone? Yeah. Listen, God's plan is going to come to pass. And even here, Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, even though Isaac thinks he's doing Jacob, uh, doing Esau, he's really doing Jacob. And so look what he says. Verse 28. And now may God give of you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and the abundance of grain and new wine. And then he says, May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be masters of your brothers. And watch this. And may your brothers' sons bow down to you. Who does he think that is? That's Jacob. Cursed be the one who cursed you and blessed be those who bless you. Where did that come from? Listen. Here. To hear, to hear is all going to be the same. It's the same blessing. And so he just gives the blessing that was supposed to be for Jacob. He thinks he's giving it to Esau, but he's really giving it to who? Jacob. You can't stop God's plan. When Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and challenged the Jewish people for crucifying Christ, he said, y'all did this. But it was the predetermined plan of God. In God's plan, does your sin fit in God's plan? It does. Now, he didn't want you to sin. He tells you not to sin. But when you sin, does your sin still fit in the sovereign plan of God? Did Adam and Eve's sin fit in the sovereign plan of God? Okay. It's, it's weird. Here's the, here's the thing. We have choices. We can make any choice we choose. Every choice we make, we're accountable for. But anything we do, God is so great, it still fits in His sovereign plan. Right. It's, it's beyond our comprehension. So if you sin, are you accountable? Yes. Of course you are. 
Of course you are. His, has Isaac done wrong? Yeah, he did. He, but has Rebecca done wrong? Has Jacob done wrong? Is anybody doing right at all here? The only one doing right is who? God. He's making sure. God's the only one doing right. I think it's, uh, it, it's amazing. They said this. He said that the, the, the mother's son will bow down. The blessing in the service was the older serving the younger. And Isaac has openly disobeyed God. Wow. He says the cursing and the blessing and everything, everything. God's going to accomplish it. Listen, God will accomplish his plan. Uh, let me ask you something. Let's think about something for a minute. Jonah was told to do what? By God. Go to Nineveh and proclaim a message. What was the message? You got 40 days and the whole place is going to be destroyed. That's the message, by the way. The message was not believe in the Messiah, believe in the God of Israel. The message was you got 40 days and the whole place is gone. Jonah didn't want to go. Let me ask you a question. If Jonah would have died, would God's message to Nineveh somehow got there? It would have. But what did God do? God fixed it where there was a big storm. Jonah got thrown in the water. Big fish swallowed him. He was not too happy about being in the fish except the fact it saved his life. He said, okay, I'll go. God lets the fish throw him up, and he goes out there. God's plan is not going to be stopped no matter what it is. That's why when you read Scripture and he gives prophecies, it's going to come to pass. Everything he ever says always comes to pass. So God's so so. Here's what happens. Now watch. This breaks your heart. Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> when you read this, well, let me read it, and you tell me how you feel about Esau. Okay. It came about that. And by the way, now what does Jacob have? He has the birthright and the what and the blessing. How did he get the birthright? He gave he gave it away for food. How did he get the blessing? He, 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 treat, he tricked him. But he was supposed to get the blessing anyway. But he tricked him. So here he comes. Verse 30. Now it came about as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. And Jacob had hardly gone from the presence of his father. Isaac, his bro, uh, from his father Isaac, his brother Esau came in. Can you see that Jacob is saying, thanks for the blessing. I got to go. Thank you so much. I got to go. He gets out of there. Just about the time he gets out of there, here comes Esau. Watch what he says. Then he also made a delicious meal and brought it to his father and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. If you're Isaac, you go, What? what? I just did it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just did this. I mean, look. The blessing. It's, Isaac is going, Wait a minute. I, I, just, thought I, I just thought I did this. Uh, something's wrong here. Something's wrong. And so, what does Esau want? Look what he says. Then he brought a delicious meal and said, Bless me, bless me. His father Isaac said, Who are you? If you're Esau, you go, What do you mean, who am I? You just told me to go out, get stuff, and come back. What do you mean, who am I? And he said, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Now let's stop for a minute, because look what the next verse says. Then Isaac trembled violently and said, Who then was he who hunted game and brought it to me so that I ate from all of it before you came and blessed him? And I'm going to stop. I'm going to read the rest of the verse in a second. Who is it? Why is Isaac 
trembling. Let me ask you a question. If you're Isaac right now, what are you thinking? I was going against God on purpose, and God switched it back. He realized that Jacob had tricked him. That made him really upset. Second, God had overruled and had blessed Jacob. God's plan will not fail, and we better not mess with it. And number three, he had openly disobeyed God, and God had intervened. Now, this is huge. He had openly intervened. Wow. So he's, 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 he's scared, actually. And then he makes an amazing statement. He says, Who is it that, I, that hunted, brought the game? Uh, he ate from it, and I blessed him. And then he says, Yes, and he shall be what? Blessed. He realized, wait a minute. I did wrong. Who's supposed to get the blessing? Jacob. So he's got it. He will be blessed. What's he got now? The birthright and the blessing. Huh? Yes, I can. I can. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, so uh, he realized that Jacob had tricked him. Uh, he realized that God had overruled him and blessed Jacob. That was God's plan. He knew it, and he tried to mess with it, and he has openly disobeyed God, and God has intervened. Would you tremble? He, he was pretty upset, and I think he's upset for a lot of the, of the things. Now, think about Esau. <clears throat> what do you know if you're Esau? Your dad, who loves you a lot more than your mama, says, um, don't worry about a thing. You're going to get the blessing. Everything's going to be great. You're going to have a great life. You're the oldest son. And deep down, when Isaac's telling him that, he knows it's wrong. And now you're Esau, and you come in, you've done everything your father asked you to do, and you put there, and he says, wait, who are you? Well, I'm Esau. Oh, man, who did I bless? And he will be blessed. What's Esau's response? I'm sorry, did you, did you get it? Did you get it all? Got it, yeah. Got it. okay. So he's going to be blessed. What's Esau's response? He basically says... Bless me, bless me, bless me. Look what he goes on to say. Um, um, Esau replied, uh, he said, Have you not got a blessing for me? Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he tricked me. He took away my birthright. Now he's taken away my blessing. Don't you have any kind of blessing for me? And Esau and Jacob, Isaac said, I made him your master. That's what was supposed to happen anyway. And then he tells all the stuff. And, and it's, it's bad, and poor old Esau, um, look at this right here. Realize Esau has now given away his birthright, and he's now lost his blessing. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel sorry for Esau in any way? A little bit. What kind of man is he? He really thinks about what? Just today. He's not really worried about God's stuff. And I think we're going to find that that later on, these two guys are going to go two separate ways. And when they come back together, who's the nicest? Esau. Esau. Let's get one final thing before we open up for questions. Look at the final thing when I, he says this. 
So Esau held a grudge against Jehu because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Oh, boy. Wow. So we've got to stop here because there's a lot more to come. But now we end. Abraham is dead. Isaac is given the blessing he thought to Esau, but he gave it to Jacob because that's what he was supposed to do. Rebekah and Jacob both lied and tricked. Esau got tricked. Isaac was on purpose doing wrong. It all comes back on him, and God's plan happens as he said it would. Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. But now it's not over because Esau says, when he dies, I'm going to kill him. And I don't know when he's going to die, but I'm willing to wait because I'm going to kill him. So let me give you some applications. Are we, are we to the applications only? Yeah. Okay, here's the first one. <clears throat> Let's live for the eternal, not the temporal. Listen, it's easy to live for the present. That's what Esau did. Let's invest our lives into eternal things. Let me ask you a question. Besides God... What's the only two things that last forever? The Word of God and people. So God has always, always existed. But if you want to invest yourself in eternal things, what do you invest in? The Word of God and people's lives. And that means you invest your life in knowing the Word, teaching others, loving others, leading them to Christ, helping them grow, making disciples, because that's the only thing that's going to go on forever is the Word of God. The flower fades, the grass dies, but the Word of God abides forever, and every human being will exist forever. So if you want to invest in eternal things, invest in, in the Word of God and in people. Look at this right here. Let's always do what's right and let God take care of the results. You have to do that. <clears throat> we have to do that. Let's always do what is right. Let God take care of the results. We, we are to always do right. Now, do we always do right? No, we don't. I mean, uh, who's perfect? Just Jesus, the perfect person, the God-man. Uh, we can do the right thing in the wrong way. Right? And that's exactly what that's exactly what Rebecca and Jacob did. They did the right thing, which Jacob was supposed to get the blessing. They did it in the wrong way. So we have to be really careful. Here's the third thing. Oh no. And we can do wrong things even when we know what's right. What did what did Isaac know? I'm supposed to go here, but he did this. So it's pretty tough. Pretty tough stuff. Did you write it? You don't have to write every word down, but just kind of the key points. Did y'all get it? Okay. The third, let's rest in the sovereignty of God. Is what he plans going to come to pass? Do you think that there will be a man in the future who will be raised up and will be demon-possessed and be the Antichrist? And that man, when it happens will want to do that and, and does it. But is it God's plan that there would be a man to do that? Yeah. Trust him always. God knows what's best. He, he knows what to do. Here's the last one, and I'm going to go quickly on the last one. It, let's deal with family problems, okay? There's three of them right here. Uh, lack of communication, deception brings anger, and favoritism. 
Okay? So let's deal with the, the friendly problems. Because what was wrong? They didn't communicate with each other. They lied to each other. And they showed favoritism on their kids. And that is Isaac and Rebecca, two great ones. And we'd say, they're two great people. We, we look at them and we love them. And we say, wow, wow. So, so you can write in, because uh, I've got three more things to give you here in just a second on how to do it. But so um, <clears throat> I deal with family problems, uh, deception, and favoritism. Did y'all get them? You just have to put down those three. Got them? Okay, so just say lack of communication, deception, favoritism. Okay, how do we deal with that? Well, you got to what? Communicate. Communicate. If, you're, if you don't have communication, you have to start communicating. wonder what would have happened if Isaac and Rebecca had talked all about this for some time about what's going to happen with these boys. What did God say before they were ever, ever, ever born? What's going to happen? The second thing is accept children equally. Don't show favoritism. And it's really easy sometimes to, to realize that in children, there's some that you look at and, you know, they, they have their act together or they seem to. Some others maybe don't. And you look at it and we can't show favoritism. We have to show love to each of them in the same way. And then the third thing uh, is speak the truth to one another because they lied all about it. Jacob was lying and Rebecca was lying and Isaac was knowing he was doing wrong. If you'd have said to Isaac, are you doing wrong? He'd have said, no, no, I think he saw it's okay getting the blessing.